0: Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Was It's Father's Day today. I want to start with one or two dad jokes. Is it okay? So they went to kids and they asked him, what is Father's Day? And one answer came back and they said, it's the same as Mother's Day, but you don't have to spend that much. Then they ask another a couple of um, kids. they ask, so what is a father? And one kid says, "Well, a father is a man who carries pictures in his wallet where his money used to be." <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful. It's so amazing. I'd rather have the pictures of my kids than money in my wallet. But uh, you know. So this, this last night, there's a joke. A girl walked out of church after service, and she walked up to the pastor and she said. Pastor, when I'm big, I'm going to give you some money. And the pastor said, oh, sweetie, that's amazing, but why? She said, why? Because my daddy said, you are the poorest preacher we've ever had. (laughs) 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 So that's quite a, a daddy said it. so. (laughs) So today we are concluding with our series about this. And the theme of my sermon today is this, reaching your dreams with power. Come on, how many of us want power in our walk with God? We want to see when we pray for sick people that they get healed. We want to see when we encourage people that they are encouraged. We want to see power flowing through our lives because that's what the Word promise. So let me start with another question today, and it's, 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 it's also a good question. And it's a question that you have to think about, not just go for the default easy answer. The question is, who is the most important person when it comes to reaching our dreams? Who's the most important person? And, and most of us will go right to the answer that says, but it must be me. Because it is my dream, isn't it? Come on. Who's the most important person? But that's not the right answer. The most important person when it comes to reaching our dreams is Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the most important person in the process of us having a dream and reaching our dreams. You see, the Holy Spirit is more interested in us fulfilling our dreams than we could ever be. He wants us to, to fulfill our dreams. But unfortunately, so many people still don't know Him. If I have the conversation with so many people and say, do you know Holy Spirit? Do you know Him? Do you have a relationship? Do you experience Him? There is so many people who still lack in that, that area of their lives that say, I, I, I know about Him, but I don't know Him. You see, we so often live our lives without the awareness of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just go through the motions. Every day we go through the motions and we trust God and we read our Bible and we pray and we come to church, but we never have that experience with the Holy Spirit that is here on earth for us and I'm going to speak more about that today. You see, in in some religious circles and church circles, the Holy Spirit isn't even mentioned. Some churches are sensationists. Some people are sensationists. They don't believe in the working of the Spirit. They don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They believe it was only for Old Testament and New Testament times. And that's, that's, that's sad. You see, the mor- this morning I want to share the true importance of the Holy Spirit for each of us when it comes to living our lives and reaching our God-given dream. What is the true importance of ho- the Holy Spirit in our lives? You see, God is, is a very practical God. If you haven't realized that yet, God is a practical God. He's very simple. The Word is actually very simple. If you open it and you take a principle and you apply it, it's got so much power in our lives. So God is a practical God. And when I speak about reaching our dreams, I'm not, I'm not speaking that you, you need to dream to become the president of the nation. Which, if you have that, that dream, Great. So if I say you have to accomplish something great, I'm not saying you have to be the president for say. To accomplish something great for God, you can be a great dad. To accomplish something great for, for God, you can be a great mom. You can be a great employer. You can be a great employee. That is also accomplishing something great for God. Regardless, God wants us to see our dreams reached. That's his heart. He wants you to reach that dream that he's given you deep in your heart since you've been small, since you, the day you remember you have this dream to become or to do or to accomplish. Now if you go to the scripture and you go to the, the, the book of John and you go to chapter 14 to 16, you see a conversation that Jesus had with the disciples. It's an ongoing discussion and he says the following, he's preparing them what to do as he heads for the crucifixion. That's what Jesus did. He was preparing them. He said, listen, <laughs> hey guys, you, you, need to be, you need to realize that, that, that I'm going to be leaving soon. That's what Jesus said. You see, his disciples were probably thinking, Jesus, what are you talking about? I mean, we're just getting the hang of this. We're just getting started with these things. I mean, we, we can't do this without you. You can't go anywhere. I mean, what are you talking about? It's like a lead singer of a band, which is incredible, and they just won double platinum. They've, they've been known all over the world, and then the, the lead singer says, I'm retiring, cheers, I'm gone. So like, what are you saying? No, man, we're only starting this. But that's what Jesus said. And if you go to John 14, and I'm just paraphrasing, John 14, 18, he actually says straight up to the disciples, said, don't worry, I will not abandon you. I will not abandon you. And so many of us have come to a place and we're trying to reach our dreams and we're going through this walk with Christ and you feel abandoned. But yet Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he said, I will not abandon you in this journey of reaching your dreams. But the story goes on, and later we see in John 16, verse 7, and this is almost our core scripture for today. I want to look at this. John 16, verse 7 says in the New King James, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Not to anybody else's advantage. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, But if I depart, I will send him to you. Powerful scripture. You see, Jesus is saying something powerful here. And we can't miss this. In this simple one scripture, one verse scripture, Jesus is saying something incredible. He's saying the following. Let me paraphrase. He says, hey guys, I'm going to be stepping out of the picture. Are you ready? But it is for your benefit, not for mine. It's for your benefit and I want to introduce you to something su- to someone super special. His name is the helper. And I'm going to send him to you. How many of you can use a helper today? Come on. Just help, help with I'm not just saying. I, I'm not talking about a slave who's doing all the things that you don't want to do. I'm talking about someone who can strengthen you and help you to be better than you. It's almost like having a robot suit. You know they've they created, that's new news, and in Japan they've created a suit. If you watch G.I. Joe, that one movie where they had that power suits on. Maybe it's just me that watched that movie. But they have this, this suit, on. you can run 10 times fast, and you can jump over a building. It's the kind of a suit you have on. So in Japan they created the suit that you, you put it on your body, and you can lift like 10 times the weight you can lift. And it's amazing. It's almost like having... That kind of helper in your life. You can do 10 times more with what you thought you could do. Now the helper is the name that Jesus introduces and describes the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls him the helper. Now the word helper can also be, be in different translations. It says the comforter. The comforter. But if you go to the Greek, and I love if you go to the Greek and the Hebrew and how they translate it, this word helper or comforter, they, they translate it as paratletos. And the meaning for paratletos is to a, a one that comes or called alongside you to help you. That means someone that's called alongside you to stay with you and help you wherever you go. That's what Jesus said to comfort you, to help you. And some translations actually says to partner with you. Now Jesus knows that this road to advancing his kingdom, because he's leaving the disciples to advance the kingdom, he knew that this is not going to be an easy route to follow. This is going to be a tough one. It's not going to be easy. But so he said, hey, listen, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to help you. Not only to the disciples he said this, he said this to all of us. That I'm giving you all, everyone, the Holy Spirit, a comforter, a helper, a partner in your life that can help you through the toughest of times, through the greatest of times, but just to be successful in life. I remember when I was born again at the age of eight or nine, I was laying in my bed one night, I think it was eight, and I really felt sinful. I felt like a sinner I called my mom and dad they came and they prayed for me I got saved in that moment and and in that moment in a way I, I saw a life change a change in life but you know what I still struggled to have a passion for God how many of us have been there I got saved, and it's amazing. I'm coming to church, and I'm, I speak a bit different, and my life is a bit different, but still struggled to have that passion for God, that drive for God. My dad had, my mom and dad had to get me into a car to go to church, and I had to go with them. I didn't want to go with my own, but I, I was saved. But until I had this ups and downs, and, but I never had this high flying walk with God. I hope I'm speaking to someone here today, because all of us go through that. But until I had a moment, when I, the, the year when I became 13, I had a moment at AFM camp where I was powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone prayed for me, and I had told this, that testimony before, that the Holy Spirit filled me so powerfully that I sat and cried for like an hour. As a 13-year-old boy, I mean, that's, you don't want people to see you cry, and, but luckily everybody around me was crying, so now we're all crying. It's lacquer. And we had a powerful feeling moment in my life and after that moment that night changed everything in my life I didn't struggle with the ups and downs with my and uh, with my walk with God but but there was an on fire for the more of, of, of him there was an on fire in my life like I just want more I want to learn more I want to read my Bible how can I read my Bible differently there was just a, a going for gold moment <laughs> in my life I excelled in sport. You remember the testimony? I got baptized that, that weekend at the camp. I came, I had a cricket game on Tuesday. I was the number 11, and they, the openings batman wasn't there, so they placed me just like, you just open. So I opened, I hit 75, not out, win the game for everyone. They thought, who are you? You were number 11. You were never. I got filled with the Spirit. So many things started changing in my life the way I spoke, the way I saw things, the way I did, the, my confidence level in my life grew. I was bolder in, in what I did. I never wanted to speak to people until the Holy Spirit filled me. And from the day I knew the Holy Spirit was with me, no matter what I would go through, no matter where I found myself, no matter what challenge I would face in my life, I knew the Holy Spirit was with me. Always. His power was with me. Sometimes I didn't experience or feel it, but I knew he was with me. We see, see, we see this example so many times in Scripture, um, where people live a radically impacted and transformed life when the Holy Spirit comes. There were no one until the Holy Spirit comes, and there was a transformation that impacted so many people. Now I want to look at the life of, a, of probably the most well-known disciple that we have in the scripture, and his name was Peter. Old Peter. Now Peter saw a beautiful transformation in his life. Probably one of the most amazing, except from Paul, Peter had incredible tran- transformation in his life. You see, Peter was a piece of work. Come on, <laughs> he was a piece of work. He was a fisherman, and he just probably said whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. I mean, and if the Bible had hashtags, there would be no fault all over where people P- Peter spoke. No filter, no filter. Hashtag no filter. Everywhere. Because Peter had no filter. He just said whatever he wanted. See, Peter was just passionate. He was a passionate man. But he was an everyday, down-to-earth kind of guy. Just a fisherman. But passionate fisherman. You see, Peter experienced a few bumps in the road. How many of you, of you have experienced a few bumps in the road? And you walk with Christ. And, but Peter, probably the most toughest and hardest bump he had was the night when he denied Jesus in Matthew 26. Just just stop for a moment here. Let's just speak about this. Here's a man he denies Christ and in that moment his dream is shattered. So what was his dream Henry? You see Paul, Peter thought he was going to lead the army Jesus was putting together so that to free the Jews from the Roman Empire. That's what they believed. This is the king of the new kingdom that the, the scriptures have been prophesying for so long. And, and he was to, supposed to lead this army. But here he was denying the Son of God, denying the Messiah, which is the word spoken about. Here he is. Put yourself in that position. Dream shattered. Not talking about even boldness, there's no boldness, there's no nothing left. I have I've messed it up. I have totally messed it up. That is quite a a moment where we need to pause and think about this. After this moment, what did Peter do? He went back to his comfort zone, fishing, away from the calling, away from the dream. Away from what Jesus spoke over him, you the, you the, the Peter, the rock upon which my church will really be built. Nothing about that anymore. We're going back to the comfort zone. Let's just go back fishing. Because I've messed up. I've done it. Man, I'm not going to make it. You see, he lost his dream and he went back to what was familiar to him. No, he just lost his dream to such a degree that he didn't believe in himself anymore. But if you go on through the scripture of John and and you go to John 21 at the end of the chapter, we see something incredible. We see the rest of the story. Jesus comes to the shore and his disciples were fishing in in the boat. And he was shouting at them, hey, did you catch any fish? And they said, no. And he said, throw your net over to the other side. Now, if I were on the boat, I don't know about you. I thought, well, this seems familiar. It's the last time I did this, I mean, I had fish for two or three years. And they did it in f- story again. Luke speaks about it. John speaks about it differently. And that's how all the gospels are incredible. And they have all this fish. And some of the disciples had to like Peter, it's the Savior. It's Jesus. Peter put on his outer garment. Probably they were fishing without the outer garment. So he put it on. He jumped out of the boat. Like literally. Like the one he did the me out of the boat when he walked on the water. He did the same thing. He swam back to Jesus to be on the shore with the king that died on the cross. And in that moment, in that moment, Jesus calls them back on the road to their dreams. Isn't that a beautiful moment? But Peter still had a challenge. And his challenge was that he lacked the power to believe that he could accomplish his dream. He still lacked the power and the confidence. It felt impossible without Jesus here. How will we do this without Jesus? That's what people probably thought about. But then we get to Acts 1, and if you finish John and the Gospel of John, you get to Acts 1, and something shifted in Acts 1. Something incredible. You know where I'm heading. Something shifted. See, we see Peter and all the disciples gathering in the upper room, waiting, praying. For what? For the promise that Jesus said. Go and wait for my gift. Go and wait for the promise. Now I can think Peter still felt he failed Jesus. Think about it. I mean, that was such a big failure, such a big shattering of dreams moment that he probably felt man i'm not i don't know i'm just going with the guys and we're sitting in a room and and i think peter was still asking a couple of what if questions but he wasn't asking the positive what if questions he was asking the negative ones he was asking what if the holy spirit doesn't come what if i fail again i just messed up what if i fail again What if I heard Jesus incorrectly? What if the people think I'm full of myself if I pursue this dream? What if? What if? You see, you can swing it the other way around. Remember, Peter received a promise and a dream from Jesus to be the leader of the early Church, to be a preacher, to do great things for God. That's the promise that Peter had. But what if he messes up? But see, Jesus had to change his what-if. Sometimes God has to change your what-if in your life. What if I don't make this? And Jesus says, no, no, what if you do? What if you can do this? And sometimes God has to change the what-if questions in our lives to a place where we believe him and see more of him. Maybe you're listening to to this message and And you're working through the same kind of thoughts and insecurities yourself, which is okay. Maybe you're still working through that what if question said, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not able to do this job? What if I'm not able to keep on with this rhythm I'm busy with? What if I'm not a good dad? See, there's a dream in your heart to do something great for God and to achieve big things for Him. And you failed. Man, I failed that thing. How can I get up here like Peter and continue after I failed? After I feel I dropped this dream, it was a glass jar that I couldn't break and it broke. What now? Or maybe you just didn't see the dream come to pass because you lacked the power to see the dream through. No, it happened to so many. This exact thing happens to so many. We find ourselves frustrated. We find ourselves depressed. We find ourselves angry and even beaten up by life. I've been there. We all have been there. But you know what? There is good news. The word is full of it. It is called the good news. There is good news for us. There is someone more inter- interested in you fulfilling your dream than you will ever be. His name is the Holy Spirit. He is so interested in you fulfilling that dream of your life that he will not let you go. You might feel shattered and frustrated and depressed and feel you've missed it and what if everything, but. He hasn't given up on you. Now if you go to, from, we've been in Acts 1, let's go to Acts 2, and I know I'm paraphrasing to save time, but in Acts 2 the Holy Spirit comes in a form of fire. We all know the story. And Peter is transformed. He is transformed from a fearful, defeated man with a broken dream to a man confident and a bold preacher in one moment. He is transformed. Let's read. Acts 2 verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and he said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Now we all know the story from here. 3,000 plus people got saved and powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit in one moment as Peter spoke. Suddenly, a man, depressed, crawled back into his hole. Suddenly, he stepped up. He stepped up. What changed? What changed? What made the difference? You see, someone came alongside Peter to help him reach his dream. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came alongside him and empowered him to such a degree that he first saw the first fruit of the dream that God has given him. Church, we need the Holy Spirit. We can't go without the Holy Spirit. We can't go without Him. We need His help to reach our dreams daily. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. As I close today, and I'm not going to do a long sermon, but I want to spend another five minutes or so Three aspects that we need to know about the Holy Spirit. Three aspects that is important for us to know about the Holy Spirit, for us to help us to aim for our dreams. Now, number one is the Holy Spirit is the divine person. And it's important for us to know this. Let's go back to John 16 verse 7 that I start with. It says the following, Nevertheless I tell you the truth, It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. You see, we see here that Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit with a personal pronoun, Him. Now throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is described by another few other personal attributes. But so many of us, me included, when I was a younger Christian, I always believed that the Holy Spirit was a dove. Come on. Because when Jesus was baptized, the Scripture says, and a dove came down and fluttered around him. No, no. The Scripture says, like a dove. The Holy Spirit came down like a dove. Not as a dove, but he was a person. See, once we realize the Holy Spirit is a divine person, we will begin to treat Him differently in our lives. I started m- making this change. I always spoke about the Holy Spirit. Until God sat me down one day and said, Henny, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's not a thing. It is a person. And I started speaking about Holy Spirit. Because it is a person. It is a hel- he is a helper. He is my comforter. He is a divine person in our lives that helps us. He's daily with you. If you think you're alone or if maybe you feel you're alone, it's not true. Holy Spirit is with you. Number two, the Holy Spirit brings supernatural power into your life. Now this is probably one of my favorite things. And there's so many things that I can tell you. I don't know what to tell you, but there's so many testimonies. But the Holy Spirit is one is the one that puts wind in your sails. He's the power suit that you put on to see more power in your life, to do more things that you ever can think you can do. If it's just up to us, we will constantly feel powerless and fearful to accomplish anything. See, there's no Red Bull or gummy berry juice that can come close to the Holy Spirit and what He can give you. Nothing. You can drink prime till it flows out of your ears. It's not the same as the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is the power and the presence of the living God. Acts one verse eight. If you go a couple of scriptures, he says, Jesus said, "But you will receive. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." But Lord, I can't even speak to my dog. Don't worry, you're going to receive power, to be bold. Now when Jesus said these powerful words, he was saying a lot. You see, he said, I am giving you all the power you need. Think about all the power you need. Think about what you need to make it in life. I will give you all the power you need to accomplish everything that I've called you to accomplish. No matter what challenge you're standing in front of, no matter what you have to accomplish, He has given you all you need to accomplish everything that I called you to do. We said in Bible school that God has given us a Spirit, and He has sealed our spirit with everything that you need. And the way your spirit is now is the way your spirit will be in heaven one day. That's what God's giving you when you get saved. Now Jesus said, I have ignited you with power to succeed. Isn't that amazing? I have ignited you, and, and I can tell you a testimony. I remember the first time um, I was in a, in, in, in a national team for running. Um, I was a professional runner for about 10 years, and, and uh, I remember I was in a national squad for the all African games, and I've, t- I've told this testimony before, and, um, and I was a 4 hurdler, so I did my, my, my event, came last in my heat. I didn't have a good good games. It was my first time in the national team. I was a junior, and um, so I came second last. I think second last in my heat. It wasn't good. So I came, I finished, had my, I have, at least I've got my track suit. Everything is fantastic. There's South Africa on it. I've accomplished a goal and a dream in my life, and I sat on the, on the stands and watched all the athletics, and I was on day one, and day three, the, the um, team manager came to me and said, Henny, one of our top 400 guys just got injured. He pulled a hammy. Um, you have to run 4x4. Four four. I was like, whoa, man. I was like, listen, you, isn't there anyone else that can do this? He said, no, you're the only 400 kind of guy. You do 400 hurdles, but you need to run 400. I was like, okay. At that time, the 4x400 four squad, two, three of the guys in the squad ran the the sa record two of them equaled the sa record at that stage before wait for naked long before and um equal the sa record two of the other ones were top 20 in the world very good runners know them all by name still know them very well today and they had a certain sequence that they had to run the race with first leg is longer so you have to have a stronger um, runner That. That, uh, that can run twenty or so meters further. I mean, just I don't want to go into too much technical details. Then the second runner has to be uh, the guy who actually m- he has to set the position for you. Then the mm-hmm. third runner is the pivotal point, so he has to set the position for the final guy to get the baton to run for medals. Okay, <laughs> so so guess what they gave me? The third leg. I said. Can't You just give me the first one, then I don't look that bad. And uh, I said, Sorry, all these guys are so specialists in, in that leg that they run, we don't want to mess it up, just run the third leg. And I thought, Jesus, help me. I mean, I was, I was trembling of fear. I was a young guy, all these older guys, and so came up, and um, we did, uh, we ran, there was no heat. Well, he actually got hurt in the heat, so this was the finals, and um. In the final, the first guy goes out, he ran a fantastic first leg. And over the bat, and second guy I go out, I um, know him very well, Henrik Mochanietze, and he runs. And he's like fourth or fifth. And I thought, man, this is a good. I mean, just stay there. Because if we first, fifth, then I don't look that bad. Just stay there. And at 150 meters, Hendrik suddenly drinks gummy berry juice or something. I don't know what happens. But he got a, a growth or a, like a power spurt, and he just. He just went from fifth to first, and he just, just two meters ahead, three meters ahead, four meters, and I'm standing here waiting for the bat, and I thought, go slower, I don't want to be that far in front. And as he was running, and and it's like in a hundred meter, I was trembling with fear, and my default kicked in, I started praying in tongues. (laughs) And I found myself praying in tongues here, shattering, and something changed immediately. I looked next to me, the guy who won the individual 400 444-1 was a guy from, from, uh, from Nigeria. Massive guy standing next to me and I realized. And then I started praying and immediately something changed in my heart. And I went from fearful to bold. And immediately it's like, like, get out of my way, I'm here. I was like, and I got that baton and I till today can't describe to you, but it was not me. It was a powerful surge that I ran that race. We eventually came second. (laughs) The the guy dipped our last guy at the line. But from a guy who came last at his heat in 400 hurdles, who was a junior, and came into a, a race that I'm not supposed to be there, God did something incredible. And every time since that moment, when I have a fearful moment, when I had to qualify for the Olympics 2000, I was standing in front of my race, and I realized, Lord, this is it. If I don't qualify today, I'm not going to make it. And, and I just, default, started praying in tongues. And something inside of me started spinning, good spinning. And I ran a time that was top five, top three, five in the world at that stage. And God just did something, and I can give you... Example after example of after example of what happened as I took the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter that was next to me and said, that is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and supernaturally empowers us to reach our dreams. So no matter where you are in your life, there's a supernatural empowering when the comforter comes and help you and guide you. You see, if we are just willing to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, God will empower you to do things that is impossible for you to normally do. It's not just for special people, it is for every one of us. If you're willing to trust Him, willing to trust Him. See, the Holy Spirit fulfills a role in our lives that no one else on this earth can do. Only He can do it. You see, He transfers new ideas and concepts and the ability to solve problems. He comes into your life and He helps you to understand difficult people. Come on. We all need that, that one. He gives us supernatural wisdom. He gives us supernatural insight. He gives us supernatural revelation straight from God. I need that. We all need that. And then number three, The Holy Spirit partners with us in reaching our dreams. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. Powerful scripture. The word fellowship there actually is translated communion or partnership. To have communion with someone, that that fellowship with someone. The Holy Spirit was sent by God so that He could partner with us as believers. Partner with you. But the Holy Spirit is not just our partner. He's our senior partner. He's our senior partner. See, we need to understand this, and and it is a challenge for all of us, this, that the level in which we partner with the Holy Spirit... The level in which we partner with Him is the level in which we will see success in reaching our dreams. Yeah. In what level are you willing to partner with the Holy Spirit in your life? In what level? See, the Holy Spirit wants you to become His prayer partner. The Holy Spirit wants you to become your dream partner. He wants to dream with you. And the Holy Spirit wants wants to become your senior partner in business business life whatever you are in we will never regret trusting him every day every moment in my life when I stepped out and said holy spirit I'm here I'm doing this I don't know how I'm going to do it but I know you here I'm not alone I'm not doing this alone Maybe you're in a place in your life where you feel, I need to jump into this thing for me to reach this dream, for me to see this impossibility in my life. Man, I need to, I need to do a few things, which is scary. But I really feel and sense in my spirit today. Holy Spirit is here and said, I am here. Just know that I'm here. Make an intentional choice in my life, in your life, to say, Holy Spirit, I know you're here. Amen? I trust that this series, that God has shaken loose a few dreams in your life. That, that God is dreaming about you. That God wants you to dream a bit bigger in your life, to, to reach a bit more. If you dream to be a pilot, go for it. Trust God for the money and, and apply for a PPL license. And be a pilot. But if you're always dreaming about it, you'll never experience it because you'll never have the boldness and the faith to step out and do it. The Holy Spirit is more interested in you fulfilling your dream than you are. Amen. Let's stand together. I want to pray. Amen, amen. Father, we thank you this morning. What a privilege it is to to know you. Father, what a privilege it is to know that you are intensely involved in our lives every minute, every second of everything we do. Lord, you love us so much. Lord, when we wake up in the morning, you are there. When we go to sleep in the evening, you sit with us all the night. You are there. Father, thank you that you've given us dreams that only you could give. No one else could give that and so much and so amazingly that, that you have given. Father, I pray for our hearts this morning and maybe you're here this morning and you feel, Lord, I'm, I feel like Peter and I feel like my heart needs to be mended. My heart needs to be touched. There were so many, so much failures and so much stuff in my life that, that I struggled to get past the failures to trust you and Father I pray this morning that that this will be a healing moment in our lives and maybe yeah if and you feel like that won't you just put your hand on your heart just where you're at and just say father that's me I want I want you to to touch my life this morning take this moment and just say Lord this is how I feel this is the dream I'm dreaming this is what I'm trusting you for and Lord I pray this morning as I'm as as I'm praying for everyone here this morning that you will create an excitement in our lives that is that is driven by Holy Spirit We will not just doubt our way to our dream, but we will expect a great and awesome way to our dream. That we will see what you do every step of the way. And we will praise you for everything you've done, Father. Everything you've opened, every every avenue you're opening for us that was impossible but now suddenly is possible. Father, I pray this morning that you touch our hearts. Maybe you're here this morning and I'm not going to ask you to come forward this morning, but right there in your seat, if you trust God to be filled with the Spirit, just say, Father, I just need a filling. I need a touch from you. Just stretch out both hands in front of you in a receiving manner. Just said, Father, I need you this morning. Father, I come this morning and you see every heart in this venue. Know every heart intimately. You know our fears. You know our, our greatest desires. You also know our greatest lack. But still you love us more than anything. I pray every hand that is out this morning that you touch them that you fold them right now with something new with the fresh air in their lives thank you Holy Spirit as Peter spoke to 3000 plus people just as He spoke, their faith grew. And as their faith grew, they were touched. They were filled. They were empowered. They were impacted. They were transformed to a degree to never be the same. Father, I pray and as, we, as I speak this morning, that You will come and touch our lives right now. In Jesus' name. Thank You, Father. Just give a moment. Just wait on him. Just savor this moment. Thank you, Father. I pray that in the weeks to come that you will start (coughs) and do a deep work in our hearts Father maybe we need open heart surgery with with you you will come and open things that that needed to be opened a long time ago that you will close wounds that needed to be closed a long time ago pray this morning that that you will drop this revelation in our hearts that when we come to you we will always 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 be satisfied you will never send us away empty handed in fact you will never send us away you always keep us close to you Even some fathers here today, if you're a dad, maybe you feel like a failure when it comes to being a dad. Maybe you come to places and you feel that I've failed so many times that I don't know where I can be an accomplishment. I truly believe God is mending your heart this morning, if you let him. Maybe you're here this morning and you are offended by your father. And your father really offended and hurt you through life. I feel God is about to mend and heal your heart if you forgive him. See, sometimes we need to be intentional with God. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you with with an expectation in his heart for you just to step out in freedom. That's you this morning. Won't you just whisper as we're listening? Say, Father, I forgive my dad. I forgive him for what he's done. I forgive, forgive him for that moments where he's missed me and where I needed him the most and he wasn't there. Father, I forgive him. you the good, good Father. There's nothing bad in you. There's just goodness. You took took out all your wrath on your Son on the cross so that you can love us fully. So Lord, I want to bless everyone here this morning. I want to speak life over them in the name of Jesus. Life, love, goodness. Lord, may our dreams be reached. May we hear testimonies of dreams being reached in the next months to come. We pray that all in the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. Amen. Amen. Can I just, just as you stand, I I spoke about this just as we end i spoke about this last week in strand and and we were we were so privileged to go to and uh, michael w smith last weekend at grand west and we were sitting there and and he was started singing that song let it rain let it rain it's it that, incredible we all grew up on it i mean i grew up spiritually on that song you know all that amazing songs and As he was singing that song and everybody was chanting and singing with him, God showed me a powerful image of a waterfall over South Africa. It's a massive waterfall flowing over South Africa. And I saw it was the presence of God flowing over South Africa. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And as I thought, that's it. I saw God placing his foot on the top of Africa. And he tilted Africa up to the and the waterfall was now flowing from South Africa down Africa into Europe into the world. Come on. And, and I realized that it is a confirmation of the word that God says revival will start on the tip of Africa. But revival, we're not waiting for the waterfall to fall, it starts here. It starts here. Revival is from within streams of living water will flow from you and i know god's going to use our church and churches for streams of living water to flow from our church but therefore we need to be filled with the spirit because what are you going to flow with it's like standing in a desert and shouting i'm a river it's not true but when you jump into the river you are saturated by everything of that river. And I feel that God is going to let you jump into the river in the next few months to come. There's a shift happening in the church. Not our church, in the church. Of His presence is coming for our benefit. For our benefit. Not for His. He wants to empower us. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.